0: Hello, and Be Avenue at Cheeseland, a new podcast where a couple of Aussies chat about life in France while enjoying some French wine and cheese. I'm Cy.
1: And I'm Julia. This is episode two of the podcast, in which we're going to explore some of the stereotypes of Paris. Everyone has an opinion of what it will be like to live here, but does the image match up to reality? Well, before we find out, what's on the menu for tonight?
0: So tonight, for our cheese, I have selected a tom de B'bye, I think it is pronounced, which is a class of cheese produced mainly around the French Alp and Switzerland kind of region. This type of cheese dates back to ancient history and is generally considered low-fat because it is made with the skimmed milk of ooze, goats and sheep. And tonight we have a sheep's variety.
1: Nice. And what's our wine?
0: The wine is a Costimiran, which is from the Côte du Rhone region. I don't know if I've pronounced that correctly. Côte du Rhone. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> it is from the Rhone Valley and it's a Shiraz. They describe it as being lively and fresh with loads of berry fruit and a peppery nose.
1: Well, we'll have to see if it matches up.
0: That we will. All right. Did we match up? Did we get that roughly the same?
1: Uh, looks pretty good to me.
0: Yeah. All right. Sante.
1: Sante. Before coming to Paris, I think a lot of people have this idea of what it's going to be like. I know for one thing, I thought that the city was going to be a very romantic and very clean, and just incredibly beautiful. I think that's definitely one of the things that people view Paris as before they come here, or before they try and live here for an extended period of time. Potentially, if you are a tourist, maybe that is what you see of Paris.
0: Yeah, I definitely sort of agree with this one, like that if you're from, especially outside Europe, you might have this idea of Paris as being very cleanly and everything that you just said. But yeah, I think the reality is different, especially even as a tourist. I think you can find the city a bit more, a bit more grimy than you might have expected, in terms of the cleanliness of the streets. Yeah. Another time with another stereotype, which we'll get to later, is that there is people don't pick up after their dogs. Let's put oh, it that way.
1: It's terrible. I learned the other day in French class that it's called a souvenir of the dog.
0: Yeah yeah. <laughs> that's that's the term
1: that they they uh, have for your dog's droppings.
0: <laughs> right. Yep.
1: And yeah, people just don't pick up after their dogs, which is kind of gross. Yeah. And you have to do a lot of walking very carefully <laughs> yeah. on the street. Um I think the other thing that shocked me as well was I remember when we came uh, just for a visit last year. And we were walking along the Seine and it's beautiful and there are all these bridges with locks on it. And then you look down into the water and there are just these conglomerations of rubbish. Yeah, I
0: remember that part being stuck behind the boat. But I don't think, I think overall the Seine is not as bad as some of the other major European rivers. Like the Thames. Like the Thames. I think the Thames is is worse. And I think I'm pronouncing this correctly, the Tiber in Italy in Rome. Right is also not the cleanest i find the sand better than those but you're right there are definitely little sections that kind of rubbish builds up behind boats and stuff if the water can't flow properly and yeah and the other thing about paris in terms of cleanliness i personally find it like the rubbish isn't always so bad like i think they've got good cleanup crews which shouldn't have to exist but they do and the streets are generally rubbish free but they, uh, another problem I found personally is the metro. The metro can be, s- there's a bit of a, a homeless problem. And the, you know, maybe maybe this is credit to the city. They don't just kick them out of the metro. They let them sleep their overnight and stuff. But it does lead to them also uh, leaving their own.
1: There's a particular smell. smell yeah, <laughs> to,
0: to, to some of the metro stations, yeah. that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I agree with that one. On the rubbish point, again, though, I think one of the reasons that it's maybe not as bad with rubbish floating around the streets is there are actually rubbish bins everywhere. Yes. I know in a city yeah. like London, for instance, it can be incredibly difficult to find a rubbish bin to throw your rubbish away. But in Paris, they're every like, 100 metres or so, which yeah.
0: is good. I mean, I personally didn't find London that bad, but each to their own in terms of that perception. yeah. yeah. But like the general point about Paris being beautiful overall, I think uh, it's it's very true. I find Paris very beautiful. I, I really enjoy the architecture of the buildings, the the way that the streets are laid out around the Arc de Triomphe, the fact that parks they're always filled with nice sculptures and things, and yeah, kind of that's very true. Kept, they seem to be kept well groomed and everything. So I think the city overall is indeed very beautiful. It's just.
1: Yeah, which we have to give credit to Napoleon for the which city. Which one? Ah, Napoleon. I believe it was the third. You, yes. you were gonna. Yes. There we go. Yeah. Um. Who, who basically knocked down the whole city and rebuilt it in this beautiful image?
0: Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah he pretty Imagine. much kind he and a few of his architects he hired had a grand vision and they kind of carried it out and when Napoleon was disposed of after the Franco-Prussian war, that they they continued on with the work he set out. And yeah. kind of...
1: Although maybe that's another thing. My experience of Paris previously had only been very much in the um, sort of very centre of the city in sort of the first, second, third, fourth at and um, where all the streets really are so perfectly architecturally designed and all fit in perfectly with each other. But then once you start going a little bit further out into the of the city into the outer arrondissements like where we live in the 15th, I almost expect to have the same standard of architecture out there, but there's not. It's more of a mishmash of buildings. And so I think maybe that's potentially also something that doesn't quite match up.
0: Yeah, I guess that's that's very a very good point. I think a lot of people see the movies and stuff and they, they, all those movies are shot in the right in the centre of the city where it's, you know, all the 1800s architecture, but there are much more modern areas of Paris as well, like if you're, if you're looking around Issy, which isn't quite Paris, but also the newer, uh, there's a new business district. I can't remember exactly the name of the area, but it's all like glass, high-rises yeah. and stuff, which is not yeah. the image most people probably think of when they think of Paris. Yeah,
1: But one thing they definitely think of is the Eiffel Tower, Yes, and it is very true, I have to agree with this stereotype, you can see the Eiffel Tower from just about anywhere.
0: Especially if you're up from ground level. I mean, you can kind of see it from the second or third floor of most buildings.
1: Uh, It's so stunning. I will never get sick of walking past the Eiffel Tower. and I always have to take a photo.
0: Kind of one of those things that came out towards the end of the 1800s. And it's very very eye-catching, I guess. Yeah. When you're walking around. Yeah, it's very iconic. Yeah, it's a great word. Yeah.
1: I do love the Eiffel Tower.
0: The other fun fact is that buildings aren't allowed to be taller than the Eiffel Tower. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, not I mean really, sometimes they can't construct it Because of the underlying catacombs And there's like yeah. literally you can't get enough Structural stability to build any higher tower.
1: Well I'm fairly sure that The Eiffel Tower is taller than any building In London even
0: Yeah I'm pretty sure it is They're
1: the, currently yeah. building some new building in London That's going to be the tallest And I think that's not even tall, as tall as the Eiffel Tower So I can't imagine that there would Ever be anything that could In Paris that would reach that height There's the Tour Montparnasse Which is ugly and tall, but...
0: Yeah, as I said, I think that... I can't remember clearly, but I think there's an aesthetic reason why they don't, as well as a structural stability, civil engineering problem. It's interesting. But speaking of the Eiffel Tower... Yes. ...one of the other stereotypes people might have is that the city is filled with tourists.
1: And around the Eiffel Tower, it certainly is. Yeah. (laughs) I've been there a few times and had to dodge a lot of cameras and... Of course, all the um, salespeople who try and sell you the little key rings with the Eiffel Tower on it. Around the Louvre as well, there's a lot of people like that. I think it's much like any big city where there are pockets around the sites where it's just tourist central.
0: I think one of the things to keep in mind is that Paris is the most visited city in the world. Yeah. Or France, at least as a whole, is the most visited country in the world with something like 80 million guests a year and 35 million or in Paris or something. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a huge number. So yeah, as you are saying, there's definitely pockets where it feel, feels extremely crowded. Uh, we have yet to have lived through peak tourist season. So I'm not yeah. quite sure what it's like, but we have come as tourists Yeah. Uh, multiple times. And I, yeah, it's definitely like around Notre Dame and everything. Yeah. It's extremely busy.
1: Unfortunately for me, my French school is right near Notre Dame, yeah. which means that everywhere you want to go and everywhere you want to eat is... Very expensive because they can exploit the tourists, and the food is not great. All the all the brasseries and boulangeries and patisseries are sort of an okay quality, but very much designed to be that well stereotypical Parisian. What you expect, you can pay fifteen euros for a croquembouche, which is yeah extortionate <laughs> for a piece of bread with some cheese on top.
0: Yeah, it's not great.
1: But those those brasseries are really iconic again to use that word, to Paris. And and the bakeries, they're sort of another thing that you expect of the city,
0: right? Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, brasseries, as you said. I mean, most of the main streets are just aligned with them and they're the very kind of stereotypical ones. They're always kind of red. They have the word brasserie. They have waiters with black overalls and a white shirt or something like that, right? And they all... uh, and they, and they a, serve, like, meals that a lot of fresh people don't really eat, like, the uh, escargot and, and yeah. the same cropping cereals and stuff like that.
1: And they have the same wicker chairs and the same style of table yes, all yes. around the outside. <laughs> yeah. it's, it, like, it's exactly what you imagine from all the pictures and all the movies. It, it does exist. It's there in the centre of the city. And even, actually, outside of the centre of the city, you still can find those things, like, more in those outer around this months. And the thing I love about them is there's this phenomenon in Paris of older men sitting at one of these tables outside facing the street basically watching the world. Maybe having a cigarette and sitting there reading some a newspaper with yeah. some wine at all hours of the day all and coffee. night. All coffee. Okay. Coffee in the day, wine yeah. at night. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a classic image of Paris and I've seen it so many times.
0: Yeah I think the older generation still loves their brasseries. I I think um, younger generations are definitely trying to experience other things like as we kind of saw today there was a huge line for an Australian-styled cafe because it's yeah. new and fresh and but yeah, I think you're right, the older, the older generation, is definitely you can see them at the brasserie regularly. And
1: yeah, clinging on to a bit of nostalgia perhaps.
0: But yeah, we'll, we'll eventually talk about that, but I think the people becoming, uh, the younger generations, are much more dynamic in their tastes and what they want.
1: It's a very interesting city, very interesting to see, and I think it is both what you expect of it, but it's also so much more.
0: So that was some of the stereotypes about the city that we had before coming in and how living here for the last roughly two months has challenged those stereotypes or confirmed them in our own opinion. But now let's close off the way we always do by giving our thoughts on the cheese and wine. So what did you think?
1: So the cheese you sold to me as something similar to a goat's cheese, but I think it's nothing like a goat's cheese, but it's, it's, it's very nice. It's mild, it's soft, and um, it goes very nicely with a piece of bread,
0: yep, yeah. yeah, no, I completely agree with the cheese. It was very, very nice, very kind of mild flavors. It's more creamy than I thought from the description, as I said, the description or yeah. it described it as like a low fat sort of cheese, but it wasn't kind of hard or yeah, like a low fat cheese. It was definitely tasted a bit more creamy it was
1: um, it was sort of that middle ground between a hard cheese and a spreadable cheese because it was not quite spreadable.
0: Oh, definitely not spreadable, but yeah.
1: Um. Although, fair word of warning, as we discovered, don't eat the rind.
0: Yes, I think the rind on this particular one, I don't know if it's all Tom cheeses in general, but this was a not... Yeah the, <laughs> rind, yeah the rind is bad. The rind is bad.
1: The rind was bad. Bad, bad, bad. How about the wine? I mean, once again, it's a red wine and I am drinking it. I think I'm probably the wrong person <laughs> to be critiquing a red wine.
0: Yeah, same. As we've still got a lot more episodes to do before. I feel like I can critique red wine properly, but I did. I enjoyed it. It was, you know, easy to drink. It was smooth. Yeah. It was fruity.
1: It was a little more expensive than our last episode's wine.
0: Yeah, so I, I bought this bottle for about €9, Euros, so it's okay. almost double the price of the last one yeah. in the last episode, but it was tasty.
1: Was it double the double the taste?
0: Probably not.
1: Probably not. All right. Well... Still enjoyable
0: next episode we will be discussing some of the stereotypes about the people we've had
1: so the things that we didn't get to cover today because we rambled too much about this city that we live in
0: now that we've been here for a while interacted with a lot of them we'll have more opinions about whether those stereotypes hold true or not
1: so join us again next time for some more thoughts and opinions of life in Cheeseland. we will see you then something
0: Sante. Sante.